Please be advised that the following contains strong language and themes that may not be suitable for all ages. Hello and thank you for taking the time to read this blog post and listen to the podcast. My name is Michael Driver and I'm a member of the collective here at the Free Writers Dungeon. I'd like to welcome you to chapter 4 of my debut novel, King of the Block. Just a brief reminder, if you would like to purchase King of the Block, the link to do so is in my bio along with another link that will give you a sneak preview of the upcoming sequel, King of the Block 2, Rafe's Return. With that, I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Michael Driver and the Free Writer's Dungeon present, King of the Block, Chapter 4. The safe house was my grandmother's old house. Pops had given me the go-ahead to quietly purchase it a while back, and I had had it renovated. It was in a neighborhood full of nothing but old retirees, situated on the outskirts of Somerville, far from any of the madness deeper in the city. Charlie and I had ditched the Escalade, swapping it out for a blue Honda Accord. I felt uncomfortable, knowing that the car wasn't bulletproof. My anxiousness was curbed a little by the fact the windows were tinted. Charlie had taken his time driving, we didn't need any unwanted attention from the law or otherwise. The neighborhood was quiet, and night beginning to spread its way across the sky. I was hunkered down in the back seat, my hand holding on to the Sig Sauer tucked in my waistband tightly. I scanned the street as Charlie pulled the car into the driveway, my nerves on high alert. I jumped out of the car, eager to get inside and attempt to relax. Quickly, I put in the five-digit code on the door's keypad, and held the door open, motioning to Charlie to hurry up. I didn't realize I had been holding my breath until I heard the hiss and click of the door seal into place. I exhaled hard, closing my eyes. When I opened them, Charlie was sitting on the couch against the back wall of the house. He looked at me expectantly. What's our next move, Rafe? Charlie's eyes were big in his face, looking into my eyes for answers. I fumbled on the wall next to the door until I flicked on the light switch. I felt the same twinge of guilt I felt the first time I had seen the redecorated interior of the house. It wasn't my grandmother's house anymore. Instead, it had been turned into an arsenal. None of the pictures of my father, my aunts or uncles, or I or my cousins were on the walls. Granny's patchwork quilts or crocheted doilies were nowhere to be seen. Two gun cases, one stocked with pistols, semi-automatic rifles, and submachine guns, the other with grenades, and bullets for every gun, each occupied a corner of the room. In between, them was a safe. The last time I checked that safe it had $200,000, new passports, birth certificates, social security cards, burner phones, and IDs for my father and me. The couch Charlie was sitting on had more guns stashed underneath it. The coffee table in front of him was loaded too, with more than a couple glocks resting on its underside. I took a seat in one of the chairs on the other side of the coffee table, resting my head in my hands. Charlie leaned back on the couch, a deep sigh escaping him. The events of the past few hours didn't seem real. And I needed clarification on exactly what had led to me getting shot, at Curly Hair's house. I picked my head out of my hands and breathed deeply. Charlie, what the fuck happened man? I fought but I could not keep tears from sliding out of my eyes. Charlie leaned forward and steepled his fingers together. He took a pause to clear his throat. They did him dirty, Rafe. Charlie couldn't meet my eyes as he spoke. Nobody's claiming the hit, yet, but whoever did it, they did him dirty. Charlie, don't bullshit me. What did they do to him? Anger slithered into my stomach, tears coming fast and hot down my cheeks. They gutted him. Charlie's voice caught in his throat. They tied him to his office chair, and they tortured him. The shit was surgical. They kept cutting away at him. They fucking recorded it. I gritted my teeth. Where's the video? Charlie started forward. Rafe, you shouldn't watch that shit it's. Charlie, I said, where's the goddamn video? I couldn't contain myself, the anger I felt burning white hot through me. 
Reluctantly, Charlie pulled his phone from his jacket. After a few taps, he handed it to me. I hit play on the video, my heart hammering in my chest. The video started and my father appeared on the screen. His wrists were duct taped to the armrests of his chair and his ankles were duct taped to the base of the chair. He wasn't saying anything, his eyes glaring in defiance at whoever was standing behind the camera. A bluish, purple ring decorated his right eye and a bloody gash sat under his opposite eye. Suddenly, three men materialized behind him, decked out in all black. Each man had on cargo pants, a long-sleeved shirt, and a ski mask. The tallest of the three pulled a bowie knife from behind his back and came to stand right next to my father, making sure the camera could see them both. He pressed the knife against my father's stomach. Pops didn't flinch. Good. You didn't give them the satisfaction. I didn't turn my eyes away from the video. The tall abductor started to speak, his voice a tenor trying to masquerade as a baritone. You know, everybody treats you like you're the fucking boogeyman. He toyed with the knife as he spoke, flicking it in and out of my father's face. Don Cinco. The whole city is supposed to be afraid of you. You're supposed to be a legend. You know what I think? He stopped talking and put the edge of the blade against my father's neck. Pop stayed silent, his eyes never leaving whatever he was staring at in the background. A soldier until the end. Tall man pressed the blade into Pops's neck, a trickle of blood painting the knife and beginning to drip into Pops's collar. I said, you know what the fuck I think? Tall man's voice was unsure now, my father not giving him the reactions he wanted. Ayo, fuck talking to him, let's just gut him and be done with the shit. One of tall man's cronies in the back finally piped up. No. Tall man barked. I'm gonna make sure he feels every piece of this. He turned to look at Pops. You thought you could stay king forever. That was stupid. Finally, Pops turned his head to meet tall man's eyes. He swallowed and licked his lips, then he spoke. I'll see all of you in hell. With his final words spoken, I watched my father spit in tall man's eye, then bare his teeth in a savage grin. Motherfucker. Tall man stumbled back, wiping spit out of his eye. Pops glared at each of his captors in turn then resumed staring fixedly behind the camera. Ite, you old bastard. I'm going to enjoy this. Tall man stepped forward, knife brandished. With reckless abandon, he swung the knife up, then, in one smooth motion, brought it down severing my father's right index finger. Blood squirted out of the wound, dripping onto the floor. My father gritted his teeth but did not scream, didn't so much as blink. Maybe you are as gangsta as they say. Let's find out. Again tall man brought the knife up, and again it came arcing down, the target of my father's middle finger. The severed finger dropped to the floor, rolling to join its counterpart. Pops didn't look at his hand, his face as stoic as ever, his eyes unwavering. Look at this motherfucker here. You're a tough-ass old man, I'll give you that. But I will break you. Tall man lashed out, his hand clamping on my father's top lip. He stretched it out as far as he could, then started sawing at it with the knife. Tears sprang forth in my father's eyes. He gripped the armrest with his still intact hand, fighting the urge to scream. My vision blurred, my own tear droplets falling on the screen. Tall man held my father's lip up to the camera, then cackled, proceeding to swing it back and forth before throwing it to the side. Don't scream, pops. Don't give this son of a bitch the satisfaction. Silently, I willed my father to be strong, begging him not to scream. Tall man thrust the knife into the camera. Let's see what else we can have fun with. He motioned to his two partners. Hold his head. My stomach turned over, and bile rose in my throat, as tall man put the bowie knife to my father's ear and started cutting. Pops had held it for as long as he could, but this pain was too much. A deep, guttural yell exploded out of him. A shriek unlike anything I had ever heard, from a place deep within him. Fuck. 
I stood up and threw Charlie's phone as hard as I could against the wall, watching it shatter, the pieces raining down. My fists were clenched so tightly by my sides I felt my nails digging into my palms. I gritted my teeth until my jaw hurt, but even then I didn't stop. My tears had dried up. My father had suffered. He had suffered in a way that no man should suffer, especially not him. He was too great of a man to die like that. What do you want to do? Charlie spoke slowly, his eyes finally meeting mine. Who put the one million on my head? Biggs. Charlie practically spits the name out, as if it disgusted him. Then we start there. I pulled the sig from my waistband and set it on the coffee table. Tomorrow we go see Biggs. Charlie nodded. With a grunt, he stood up and stretched, then started walking towards the hallway and the bedrooms at the back of the house. He paused at the entry to the hallway and then turned around. Rafe, man. I looked up, lips curled in a snarl. What, Charlie? My tone was too harsh, Charlie flinched as if my words had cut him. I just wanted to say, I'm sorry about your pops, man. Charlie nodded after he spoke, then turned around and walked away. I heard the door to one of the bedrooms close. Charlie deserved better than my anger. After all, it wasn't directed at him. I needed to save it for the prices who had tortured and killed my father, and for Biggs who had ordered me dead. I stood and made my way to the safe. Making sure I took my time, I turned the dial until the tumblers clicked into place. The two burner phones were in the far right corner of the safe, on top of the box of passports and IDs. I reached for one, flipped it open, and breathed deeply, before typing in Shantae's number. Each ring seemed to take forever, and half of me prayed that she wouldn't pick up. But the other half of me was glad to hear her voice. Who the fuck is this and what the fuck do you want? I smiled. She was trying to sound harsh like she did when she was scared. Her voice was shaky though, as it usually was. Hey, baby it's me. I didn't try to keep the weariness I felt out of my voice. The day was catching up to me and I was drained. There was a pause, then muffled sobs. Hey, don't cry. I'm okay. I put on the bravado and did my best to sound like my usual self. Rafe. Rafe, I thought they killed you. I saw the video. I heard about the million. Rafe. Shantae trailed off, her quiet sobs giving way to whimpers and sniffles. I felt a pinch in my heart. As much dirt as I did, I never liked to hear her cry. Rafe, I'm so glad you're okay. I tried to call you. Baby, what happened? Some bloods tried to off me. I'm fine, though. I'm safe with Charlie. Can I save this number? Her voice was hopeful. Nah, this is a burner. Don't save this at all. I knew that Tay wouldn't defy me on that. She knew when shit got real and what time it was. Rafe, what are you going to do? Her voice was shaking again. I paused. I had my answer but I knew it wasn't going to be the answer she wanted. The silence between us grew as I debated what I was going to tell her. Rafe, don't try to sugarcoat this shit. What the fuck are you going to do? Her anger brought me out of my thoughts. I'm going to fucking finish this Tay. I didn't start this shit, but I swear to God I will finish this. I didn't recognize the ferocity in my voice. Tay must have heard it too because her response was timid. Rafe, you don't have to do this. We can get away. We can leave this mess behind. You can do what your father never could. She paused, her voice catching in her throat. Rafe, we can leave baby. She was pleading with me, begging me. Tay. Part of me wanted to give in. To tell her she was right. To go to her, pack all of our stuff and start somewhere else. But the other part of me hungered for revenge. It was the part of me, my father had instilled in me. The streets were in my DNA. The game was in my blood. I couldn't leave. Not until heads rolled and blood spilled. Rafe, don't do this. It doesn't have to be this way. 
She was crying now, her breath short. I can't lose you to the game. I promise you. I will come back to you. I gritted my teeth. There was no lie in that. I had to end the call. I couldn't listen to her scream my name anymore, couldn't listen to her tears. I knew where my focus needed to be. I checked the time on the burner. 10.45 PM what I needed now was sleep or I would be dead on my feet. The lights were still on in the house. I crossed the room quickly and turned them off. Briefly, I took a peek out of the screen door, making sure the street was empty. When I was sure there were no suspicious cars parked anywhere, I turned and walked down the hall to the unoccupied bedroom. The room was spare, just a bed and a dresser. I pulled off my jacket and shoes and then sat to rest on the edge of the bed. I bowed my head, prepared to do something I hadn't done since I was a kid. Since I had stopped going to church with my grandmother. I don't know if you can hear me. I turned my head to the ceiling and cleared my throat. If you're listening, I know my pops wasn't all holy like that. I know he fucked up and did dirt. But he was all I had. And he loved me. And he loved his mom. He loved granny. I looked down, swallowing hard. A dry chuckle escaped me. What I'm asking you is don't send him to hell. Please make sure he gets up there with granny. I swallowed again. Amen, I guess, I finished weakly. I let my prayer hang in the air for a minute, then lay down fully on the bed. Within seconds, a dream-filled sleep overtook me and I closed my eyes. That brings us to the end of chapter 4. I hope you and enjoyed it, and if you did, I strongly recommend you click that link in my profile and purchase King of the Block so you don't have to keep waiting to read the blog posts and listen to the podcast. With that, I leave you, and until next time, peace. Peace.